This is a trigger warning. This episode will go over topics such as gaslighting, rape, and Greek life. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Brandeis Through the Cracks, where we share survivors' stories to highlight ways in which reports of sexual assault and violence on our campus are handled. Our goal is to expose what falls through the cracks in our administration's support systems, what the impacts are, and what Brandeis can do to better protect its students. Before we begin our interviews, we would like to share a little bit about who we are and what this project is about. We are a group of students in Confronting Gender-Based Violence in the Creativity, Arts, and Social Transformation Department taught by Tony Shapiro-Pym and Camila Cano. The class explores creative approaches to address violence against people around the world solely based on their gender and sexual identities. We observe how the arts can be a transformative and therapeutic outlet for survivors. Have you ever sought help or resources from a Brandeis office after a case of sexual harassment or violence on campus? Yes. What was that experience like? What was helpful and what was unhelpful? Um, so for this part, do you want me to just go into the story or? I mean, just literally as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Um, I, like, you know, I like, feel comfortable sharing like the whole thing. I just didn't know if there were like other. Yeah. However much you feel comfortable sharing right now. So in terms of things that they did well, I can with 100% confidence say nothing. Um, I genuinely think that the entire park program needs to be shut down um, because in my personal story, um, park is part of the trauma because I was raped three days before we went home for the pandemic. Um, and I was referred to Park, and they have this peer advocate system, which is extremely performative and actually the most dangerous and messed up thing that I've ever heard of. So essentially, they have students on campus who deal with victims of trauma, but they're not trained therapists. There's no HIPAA, there's no like, it's just talking to um an untrained person. According to their website, PARC, the Prevention, Advocacy, and Resource Center, is a confidential, student-centered resource serving members of the Brandeis community who have been impacted by violence and those who want to contribute to the anti-violence movement. As of May 2021, PARC only has two full-time staff members, yet they have 16 undergraduate students working as peer advocates. So, I think... The program is is just extremely problematic. There's a reason why therapists go to like schooling and stuff. So when I went, um, it was the day after um, I was raped and I was experiencing really extreme PTSD. Um, and the number one thing was every two hours, my memory would just completely reset and I couldn't remember anything that had happened that day. Um, and I couldn't, I was dissociating like the entire day. Like, um, every time I would get like a text or a phone call, like it felt like I was holding someone else's phone and like, it wasn't meant for me. Like pictures of me didn't, like, I didn't recognize them. Um, but the main thing was, um, the memory thing. And that lasted about two days and I was referred to park. And when I first walked in there, I remember feeling like I had 
like accidentally walked into someone's like dorm while people were hanging out like they were like all like talking and laughing and they're throwing this ball around and then when I walked in they all gave me this like really dirty look like I was completely interrupting them um and I remember they were like hi and like didn't really say anything else and I was like hi like I was told to like speak to someone here and they were like oh um who do you want to talk to and I was like obviously I don't know any of you <laughs> like I have no idea um and then one girl was like I guess I, I can do it um like I was like taking her away from something so it was like incredibly inconsiderate um and then I remember during the session I had with her um after so I was completely blacked out when it happened, um, like when the sexual assault happened. Um, so I was still struggling with memory and I was still in the process of piecing things back together. Um, and it was like coming in flashbacks. And so I remember like a really hard part of that was like trying to like validate the experience um, and like just trying to figure out what was going on. And it was the most gaslighting experience um when I talked about it she said to me I mean if you feel like you want to call that sexual assault you can and I remember her like telling me that um she was like yeah it like really sucks when we have a boundary crossed and I think that that is like the biggest understatement ever. And then I remember the only thing that she could offer me was like a squishy toy tea and a sticker and like no other advice. And I remember telling her about like dissociating and again, like she was like maybe like a year, like two years older than me. Um, and she just kept being like, yeah, I mean, if you, if you feel like you were sexually assaulted, like you can definitely say that. And then I remember being like, yeah, like I, I have no idea who I am. Like I can't remember anything of today, like trying to kind of like put in towards what I was experiencing. And I remember her being like, well, I mean, like, what do you like to do after me explaining how I was dissociating? And she was like, I mean, like, do you like to jog? And then she laughed at me and I remember being like, I don't, I don't know. Like I genuinely have no idea. Um, and then I remember she was like, well, do you want to report him? And he was about to graduate and we were about to leave. And I genuinely like, didn't want any more contact with the situation. Um, and I said, no, but I also had known that I wasn't the first person that this had happened to. And she was like, oh, well, like you can put like a note in this file. No one will know unless a girl does choose to report him and take legal action. Then she'll have support from your story. And I was like, absolutely. Like I would be down to do that. And then she goes, actually, I don't know if that's a real thing. I'll have to check with my supervisor. Um, and then I remember 
she again asked me if I wanted to take a squishy toy if I, if I wanted tea and then she gave me a pin before I left actually she went all right is that all like is there anything else you want um and then she gave me a pin that said I believe you <laughs> which after all of the gaslighting was horrible and then we went home for the pandemic and unheard stories at Brandeis Unheard Stories at Brandeis is an anonymous Instagram page that posts students' stories of sexual violence, harassment, racism, and homophobia within the Brandeis community. The account was actively posting from June to August of 2020. In the mere three months they were active, over 200 stories were shared. Like, if the frat I'm about to mention could also remain anonymous, just because um, of the reason I'm about to tell you. but no, 100%. So during unheard stories at Brandeis, people started calling out. And then people also started calling out Park. And one of my friends was like, I think that your story kind of combines both of those things and I think you should tell it. So after like a lot of consideration, like I decided to like put in a story because I wanted like action to be taken with like Park and um, hopefully with like the frats and stuff. Um, So I submit my story. And um, after like the details of the sexual assault and after they posted it, um, there was a lot of talk about it, which was kind of difficult, but I was like kind of able to like deal with it. Like I kind of knew that that was going to happen. And then Park kind of commented their like automated answer every single time. Um, It got a pretty decently significant amount of comments and I was talking to one of my friends about it um because I remember people kind of commenting stuff about how like the story kind of like exposed everything and so as I was looking at it um I was on FaceTime with my best friend I noticed that Park had commented again on it and they hadn't done that with any other post before. Like, they just kind of, like, put in an automated thing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so long ago. Um, oh, yeah. So, basically, they exposed me on this anonymous forum. Um, they The comment says, To the person who shared their story, the peer advocate on our team would like to send an apology. And then they wrote this long paragraph that says, I'm so sorry for the harm I caused you, or at least compounded. I know that this is too little, too late, but I wanted to reach out and say I'm sorry, and I unequivocally believe you. I had no intention of making you feel unheard, unwelcome, or gaslit, but I know that intention is not important as a fact, and I'm deeply sorry. I'm committed to learning and growing, which also, if you're dealing with victims of trauma, you should not be learning and growing. You should be learned and grown, but um, so that I do better in future situations. I'm working on my phrasing, my body language, my listening, and much more. Please reach out if there's anything... I can do to make amends with you, end quote. And then they said, they don't have Instagram, but if you would like to share anything with them, please know that you can send it to us and we'll share it. We won't share your identity unless you want us to. Of course, you do not have to reply. Thank you again for helping us learn how to do better. Um, which with a story that was so traumatic, basically them commenting, we know who you are and we know who you spoke to and this is what they have to say to you directly, instead of even like DMing it to me is inappropriate, but like 
posting it on there, like kind of like being like, we know who you are. And then also the gaslighting at the end of like, we won't share your identity, even though we could. And then also being like, if you have anything you want to say to her, almost like expecting me to forgive her for it. Um, so that's pretty much has been my experience with Park is them gaslighting me and then exposing me on the internet. Um, oh, and then also getting the pin, um, which I threw away. Um, <laughs> so um, anybody who I hear who has been sexually assaulted since then, I have the number one thing I've said is people will refer you to Park. Do not go. I tell them to go into the greater Boston area for the sexual assault resources there because that's trained professionals. Um, but the first thing that I say always is don't go to Park no matter what. Yeah, understandably. <laughs> Jesus, I'm so sorry. I, this, I, well, I'll finish the interview and then we'll see. But, um, um, I don't even, I don't know if these questions even apply because what could have the office done differently? Everything. Those, I mean, if you want to answer that question, you can, but you do not have to. Um, I mean, I think making it a part of the BCC so that adults are doing it, but I think the thing that they could do better genuinely is close and shut down. Yeah. Because we essentially have, like, in my mind, we don't have a sexual assault resource on campus because the only sexual assault resource we have is Park, and Park is damaging. Yeah, I agree. Um, what can Brandeis do as a whole to better support survivors? Um, I mean, I, I honestly think that because a lot of sexual assault cases happen in frats, I think claiming the frats instead of claiming that we don't have frats, even though we very clearly do, the school just doesn't recognize them. I think that that leaves frats to their own devices to deal with things that they're not ready to deal with, especially because it's a problem that they're creating. Um, and so I think the number one thing is recognizing that they're student-run organizations that Brandeis is refusing to acknowledge. And I think that that's just ignoring the problem. Um, I think that the one sexual assault awareness thing we have at orientation is not adequate. And I also think that there are so few options for survivors. You either have to expose yourself or you have to have it go unreported. Um, so I also think that educating and claiming the frats that they can educate the frats and having a much easier process for actual survivors telling their stories and having more resources for ways that they can report it. Um, and also just having like resources that are available that genuinely work again, like making like getting rid of park and having a specific part of the BCC be dedicated to working with survivors with people who specialize in working with survivors. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Thank you so much for yeah, thank you. I'm gonna stop the recording. Um, thank you so much for listening to our first episode. As always, you are heard, you are seen, and we have been Brandeis through the cracks. <laughs>